Podcast Movement 2015 Reactions and Review. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 231. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. In the last episode, I had some wonderful conversations with some wonderful people at Podcast Movement 2015 talking about the biggest lessons they've learned in podcasting from podcasts and from being around podcasters. Some great content, some great people. Please go check it out. Episode 231 at com. But in this episode, I want to talk more about Podcast Movement 2015 as a whole. Some of my takeaways from it and some thoughts and observations about the event I want to talk to you about the attendees, the networking, the keynotes, the breakout sessions, the vendors, the Academy of Podcasters Awards, give some credit where credit is due, and talk about the future of podcast movement, and end with a question that you're probably thinking, are these kinds of conferences really worth it? You can follow along in the show notes for episode 231 at slash pm 15 review Podcast Movement has now happened twice. The first Podcast Movement was in 2014, and I really liked it. A little story, Podcast Movement was just starting. I received an email from someone I'd never heard from directly before, but heard their name elsewhere, and they said, we're trying to put together this little podcasting conference, and we'd like to have you come as a speaker. And initially, I said no. Because I was thinking, well, there's already New Media Expo. Why would podcasters want to go to this brand new conference they've never heard of? And all of these other questions I had in my mind at that time. And I said no initially. And then a little bit later, as I started thinking about it and realizing, well, there are many other great speakers going. I'd love to, I'd be honored to be among these great speakers. And it looks like it will be a fun event focused on podcasting, just podcasting. So I decided to go ahead and go, and boy, was I happy that I did. And Podcast Movement 2015 is the second podcast movement, and it has already doubled in size. There were about 1,100 people in attendance at the Omni Fort Worth Hotel in Fort Worth, Texas, and this was a wonderful event. I highly recommend Podcast Movement 2016, which will be in Chicago in July, and you'll be able to get links to that and possibly a promo code that if it works at some point will probably be the word noodle, as is usual for me. I can't tell you what that might take off from your registration, but if it does work someday, that might be the promo code you can use, but you can find more information. I have links in the show notes for this episode, number 231 at com slash PM15 review. I want to talk first about the attendees. Because a conference like this is made awesome by the people who come to the event, not just the speakers. And as seems to be the norm with podcasting and social media conferences like this, I think most of the people at Podcast Movement were thrilled to be there. I could see passion everywhere I looked. 
and everyone wanted to talk and hang out. In fact, one night, it was really late, somewhere around maybe 1 a.m. or maybe even a little later than that in the morning after a bunch of networking had already happened. This was in the middle of the conference and people were still in the lobby of the hotel in the sitting area talking, networking, passionately having conversations and standing around. And there was plenty of space to do that in that lobby area as well as other areas. And I asked the front desk receptionist at the hotel if they'd ever seen a group like this stay up so late, continuing networking and all of this. And they said, yeah, we see that happen every now and then, but this group is different. These people are happy. They're excited to be here. They're, there's a lot more energy and friendliness here. That is an awesome testament to you and the awesomeness you bring to an event like this when you come and you bring that enthusiasm and that passion with you. It seemed like just before, and I'm, I'm starting to wonder if this is a regular statistic, but it seemed like about a third of the audience had not yet launched their own podcast, but was either about to or was thinking of getting into podcasting. That's really cool that a third of the audience then is new to starting their own podcast, new in some way, maybe they very recently launched their podcast, but for them to then make the investment to go to an event like this and learn from the amazing speakers and benefit from the amazing networking is really cool. And it, it makes me really hopeful for this next generation of podcasters who are willing to invest in something like this, willing to learn, willing to network and put their name out there, regardless of whether they're doing this as a hobby or as a profession. I think it's very different from the first generation of podcasters from several years ago. And I, I consider myself kind of among that first generation, although I started in 2007. That's only a couple years after podcasting was getting going. But in that early generation, a lot of people were very interested in how can we do this free? This is like pirate radio. And how dare you bring sponsors to this? How dare you try and monetize it? I know there was some pushback to some of that in the beginning. Now I think we're a lot more familiar with that, but still people are thinking things like, how can we do this for free? This is pirate radio. I don't think I should taint it with sponsors. And you're totally up to doing that however you want. But to see people making this much of an investment in it and to see the attention of people and the media on podcasting is really giving me hope for the future of podcasting. There were a lot of great radio people here at the podcasting conference as well. And I spoke with a couple of them who have been to other radio events and they said, what is here that you don't see anywhere else in the radio space is there's passion here. These people are excited to be at this conference. They're excited to be here. They don't want to leave. And a particular gentleman I was talking to from a radio consortium said that it's not like that at all at other conferences. At other conferences, the radio people are sent there by their bosses. There's not as much passion. There's a lot of concern about the future. And often those radio conferences have far fewer people. So podcast movement is really picking up some great momentum and many radio people are getting excited about podcasting and it's great to see them in the audience and some of them even speaking as well and recognizing the momentum behind podcasting. The attendees at Podcast Movement were 
absolutely wonderful. I wish I could have met every single attendee, but with nearly 1,100 people in attendance, it would have been impossible for me to do that. I did meet a lot of people. I got as many business cards as I could and wrote notes down on conversations and such. And most people, I'm very thankful for this, most people did have a card so I could write something down about them or have some record of our conversation and remember them, maybe follow up with them in the weeks to come. The networking is really what brings me to an event like this. And I think where some of the the incredible value is in a conference like this. Yes, the sessions are great, and I'll mention more about the sessions in a moment. But talking with other podcasters or about-to-be podcasters is really my favorite part of a conference like Podcast Movement. Same thing with conferences like New Media Expo or Social Media Marketing World or other conferences like that. The networking is where the casual conversations and casual connections turn into relationships, or it's where existing relationships are deepened, or maybe partnerships are are formed, and maybe inspiration is shared among these conversations. They happen in the hallways late at night, over a meal, between sessions, sometimes even during a session, but please step out if you're going to talk to someone next to you. It's really great to meet all of these people, and for me personally, Going to an event like this, I know there are a lot of people who have listened or heard of the Audacity to Podcast or maybe continue to listen. So it is really exciting to meet people that I may have never interacted with before. It was nice to see someone when they introduce themselves, hear their name, and know, oh, yeah, we've exchanged some emails back and forth or we've tweeted back and forth. And to pick up the conversation a little bit, as much as I could remember. Sometimes I couldn't remember their podcast. Some people, I'm still trying to learn their names when I see them at multiple events. I think that people are gracious and understanding in that and not expecting all of us who go to these events every time to remember the hundreds and hundreds of names that we learn. But I'm trying hard because I really want to be able to, the next time I see someone, the next time I see you at an event, I want to be able to just say, hi, your name without even your introducing yourself, reminding me of your name, or wearing a name badge. But it's also great to talk to the people who have never heard of me. They've never heard of my podcast, not for the sake of my promoting my show to them and saying, oh, you should listen to my podcast, but to have a genuine conversation with someone else in podcasting and ask them about the issues they're facing or how things are going with their podcast or what their goals are with their podcast, how they define podcasting success. And really, we are all on level playing fields. Sure, some of us have different experience, maybe a little bit more experience than others, but we all have the same potential, I think, for the most part. It just depends on how much we're willing to invest, how much work we're willing to put into this, and how each of us define success and what goals we have to reach that. I do think it is possible to be a little bit starstruck with some of the podcasting celebrities like Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, Mark Maron, Roman Mars, and a bunch of others who are there. But it's also really, really amazing to see these podcasting celebrities hanging out with the other people, talking with us, having conversations, asking and answering questions, taking photos together, attending other sessions in some cases. What was really neat is Mark Marin, host of one of the most popular comedy podcasts out there, recently interviewed Barack Hussein Obama. 
Mark Marin went to the networking party the night before his keynote. And he just walked in and was hanging out with people, talking with people. Here is someone who has had millions of downloads of one of his episodes, is hugely popular in podcasting, has talked to the president of the United States, and he's there just hanging out with other podcasters, having conversations, cracking jokes with the rest of us. That was really neat to see and posing with uh, pictures for people. And despite how much time I spent talking with these people, many different people, big names, little names, there are still several people that I wish I could have talked to. People I had on my mental list, or I'd see them in the hallway somewhere, and I think, I want to talk to that person, but I'm also engaged in this conversation right here, so I need to focus on this conversation. I hope I can make it to talk to that other person. And there were still people that I never got to talk to. That kind of thing happens when there are this many people at an event and so many people with so much energy that's hard to get around to get to specific people. Best advice I can give if you're in a similar situation is when you see that person, try to go talk to them right then because you may never see them in a crowd ever again. That's the case uh, with me for a few people that I want to talk to. I saw them once. Maybe they were getting coffee. Maybe they were talking with someone else. I should have worked toward having a conversation with them when I saw them. Speaking of the networking at Podcast Movement 2015, you can probably guess my biggest criticism because it's my biggest criticism and maybe complaint from most networking events at many conferences, and that is the music at the networking event or quote networking unquote event. I really, really recommend that if you are hosting any kind of networking event, turn off the music. People aren't there to be entertained by the music. If you want to have music to entertain people, then maybe you should just hand out some headphones and a playlist and people can listen to that in their own little corner. And the rest of us can do what we're there to do, and that is to talk to people. At the stockyards in Fort Worth, which is where we had the Saturday night party, there was a big room with a very loud band in there. And then there were a couple or a few other smaller rooms And at one point, one of the bands moved into the smaller room, which then made all of the people who wanted to have conversations move into an even smaller room. And it made that really small room get even louder. It was just a bit messy as these things go. It's a pet peeve of mine, loud music at networking events. I really don't understand why people put on loud music at networking events, because I don't think we need to be enthused. We're already excited enough to be there. But those are some of my thoughts and reviews on the networking aspect of podcast movement, which is my favorite thing. I really see a conference like this as an excuse to get together with hundreds, thousands of my friends and talk about this thing that we love. The keynotes were pretty good. It seemed like it was a pretty balanced mix of people giving the keynote sessions at podcast movement. Some of them rose from humble beginnings like Pat Flynn, Lou Mangello, John Lee Dumas, these people who started out just like you and I, and at some point they found a momentum or they decided to make an investment. Not necessarily that they had a built-in audience, but they did start from nothing. They were nobody and then became somebody from their influence that they built an authority. But it was also neat to hear 
keynotes from some of the great people out there with years of broadcasting and storytelling experience. People from public radio like Roman Mars, Sarah Koenig, and Mark Marin. Each of them brought something special and unique to their sessions. And several of them, like especially Lou Mangello's session, I just felt like clapping and cheering for so much of what he said that I realized if I did, I'd just be standing and clapping the whole time. He had a lot of great stuff about questions, the right questions that we should be asking ourselves as podcasters, and a lot of great information from great people. And each keynote session was entertaining educational, inspirational. My only criticism was surrounding Sarah Koenig's keynote. Sarah Koenig is responsible in large part for Serial and worked with that heavily. And her keynote presentation was giving the story behind Serial. I do think it was a great presentation. She shared some wonderful stuff, some funny stuff, entertaining stuff, talked a little bit about the behind the scenes of the story in Serial and some of the production and mistakes and other things along the way. But what I was disappointed by in her keynote is that there wasn't really much about podcasting, about her thoughts on podcasting, or about their influence on podcasting. I know Roman Mars made a nice joke in his keynote saying in 2014 when Serial invented podcasting, and all of us in the audience got that. But Also, the questions after Sarah's keynote presentation were focused on the story from Serial. The last question was somewhat podcasting related. I just couldn't get my question answered. I wanted to ask about what she thought of podcasting now that she's been in it and Serial's influence on podcasting. But most of the questions were about Anand Zaid or uh, the different characters and different things about the story, which disappointed me. But I know those people who ask those questions were really excited to have the opportunity to ask them and learn more about the story. So I know they got what they wanted. It would have just been nice to hear some more podcasting-focused stuff. Still very inspirational. It was strange that they said we couldn't record, the logo had to be taken down. There were all kinds of requirements. I can understand because... Sarah is associated with NPR and all of this uh, stuff that's going on uh, with major podcast networks and things, and she gets paid a lot to go speak, and this presentation she gave was a production that I'm sure she shares elsewhere. So to let it be recorded or documented in any way, in traditional media thinking, and this is probably what inspired the the shutdown of cameras and recording or anything like that. But in traditional media thinking, if it's documented in any way, that means someone else won't pay for it. Maybe they're going to turn it into a product they sell. Maybe it's only for these keynote opportunities where it costs tens of thousands of dollars to get the keynote speaker. Whatever the case, I don't know. But it was the company that required these things, not Sarah herself saying, oh, I don't want to be recorded or anything like that but she did seem fairly accessible afterward a bunch of people went to the stage and were asking her questions i'm sure probably more questions about serial but the other keynotes really good i didn't get to see all of them 
but I have heard great things about them and a great lineup of keynote speakers at Podcast Movement 2015. The breakout sessions were so good in the lineup, great speakers with a variety of backgrounds and great topics that I know one of the hardest questions for people when they go to an event like this is, which session do I go to? And I can sympathize with you on that because there were great sessions, great speakers, great topics. What I decided to do is not attend any of the breakout sessions. I did go to most of the keynotes, but the breakout sessions, I wanted to spend that time talking to people in the hallways, cultivating those relationships. So I didn't get to see any of the breakout sessions, but I have heard some really good things about the breakout sessions and the wide variety of speakers and topics that were shared. I know in Podcast Movement 2014, many people felt like it was very heavily weighted toward the entrepreneur-style podcast. I didn't really get that very much. I can see that a lot of the stuff did cater to that in some way, but I think there was still plenty that catered to the hobbyist. Well, in 2015, podcast movement was a lot more broad and the speakers came from great backgrounds and a lot of speakers I'm really looking forward to watching or listening to their sessions afterward with the virtual ticket. And you can still purchase the virtual ticket, I believe, at podcastmovement.com and try to use the promo code NOODLE. You might save 10% then when you purchase that. My own session, which was how to improve your podcast's WordPress website, was moderately attended. I appreciated how many people came. It wasn't tiny. It didn't pack out the room. I knew it was a more in-depth style, more technical presentation. I am happy for every person that came. But more important than how many people came was how engaged they were. And I was thrilled with the engagement. The audience had some great questions. I was seeing things resonating with the audience as I would say something. I'd see heads nodding. I'd see the heads cocking to the side a little bit as people would be like, huh, I never thought of that. Oh, that's cool. And people writing things down and tweeting stuff that I was saying while I was presenting. And the way that I do my presentations now is instead of covering specific recommendations in my presentations, because of the way that I move through my slides and the amount of time I have, there's really not enough time to give all of those specifics to say, here are the five plugins I recommend for this. Then what's going to happen is people are going to try to write down those plugins, but I'll move away from the slides so quickly that they won't get those plugins written down that will frustrate them and prevent them from focusing on the content I'm sharing and the reasons they should consider these plugins or how they should go about implementing these things. So what I try to do now is avoid giving some of the very specific details and instead point people to opt-in to my email list where then within a short amount of time, I send them my notes and my specific recommendations for the session. And it's great because it makes it much more accessible for them. I'm emailing them my notes afterward and it's in a way that I share, currently I'm sharing Google Documents where they can then just click on the link or see my list of recommendations and I can go back and update it if I need to. I think that's a more resourceful way of sharing the information with my audience. And the number of people who opted in and said, yes, I want the notes was, I think, about 95 to maybe even 100% of the people who came to my session. 
And to see that tells me they appreciated this information and they want to put this information into practice on their own websites. So I've already sent those notes out. If you were in my session and didn't opt in or didn't sign up for the notes, if you do still, you'll still receive that information. And if you watch my recording later on the virtual ticket, then you'll also still be able to receive that information indefinitely. The texting number may expire at some point, but the link will always work. The vendors aren't usually the main focus of a conference like this. NAB show, National Association of Broadcasters, is certainly a place to go to talk to and meet different vendors. It is an expo, really, where it is focused on the vendors. But podcast movement is really about the sessions and the networking. So we often don't think much about the vendors who are there. But I think that this year's collection of vendors showed a true respect for podcasting among professional service providers and product companies. For example, there were the usual podcasting vendors like Blueberry, Libsyn, Buzzsprout, Spreaker, WordPress, Reiner, and so on. But there were also new vendors, and I talked with every vendor I could, and these new vendors were thrilled by the response they received. Some of them even said, I was skeptical about this until a couple days ago. I decided to give it a try. I came. I'm so glad I did because, wow, this is so much energy. Some of these companies that received incredible responses from the attendees, Heil, Sennheiser, BSW, that's Broadcast Supply Worldwide, Aweber, the email company, Sure, S-H-U-R-E, the microphone and audio manufacturing company, and several other vendors. To see these companies like Sennheiser, Sure, and Aweber, companies that don't typically market to podcasters, be at a podcasting event, showed great respect from them on the industry, and for them to then take the feedback that they received And they were certainly open to the feedback, not just promoting their products, but open to hearing ideas, receiving great feedback, sometimes critical feedback too. They're taking these ideas then back to their companies and saying, hey, here are some of the issues podcasters are facing. How can we as a company solve this issue? What can we make that will serve this industry better? Because this is a passionate industry. Sennheiser, for example, had the new ClipMic Digital, which I just received my review unit back from Sennheiser of the ClipMic Digital and the MKE2 Digital. These are what I call Lightning Labs. They're lavalier microphones that plug directly into the Lightning port on iOS devices. But Sennheiser had their booth there and they had a few of these microphones that they were allowed to sell. And from what I heard, they sold out of their few microphones within the first few hours of being there. It was wonderful for them. Heil had a great deal going on with BSW as well. These companies were excited to be there and excited about the excitement in podcasting. And I think we're going to see some amazing things come from some of these companies as they realize the podcasting space is serious. This is not amateur hour anymore. These people take this thing seriously, even if they're doing it as a hobby. They're taking their hobby seriously We need to make some great things for them. So the vendors were really cool. And if you go to a conference like this, I do really recommend that you talk to the vendors, get to know what they're doing, get to know some of the people at the company. They might hook you up with something like a free trial or a review unit 
or they might receive your feedback and implement that into something, or you might learn something about them that you might not have ever considered before. They're great opportunities, yes, at the vendor booths. Don't just grab a card or a flyer from them and walk off. Talk to them. They'll love you for it, by the way. And I think that you can get great value talking to the vendors. The Academy of Podcasters Awards was amazing. Podcast Movement 2015 hosted this inaugural new kind of awards ceremony. And I think this is a worthy addition in the podcast awards space. Yes, we already have the People's Choice Podcast Awards that have happened 10 times now, originally started by Todd Cochran from Raw Voice and Blueberry. Now it's owned by New Media Expo. And the People's Choice Podcast Awards is all about awarding the podcast with the most engaged community, not necessarily the largest community. Yes, it does come down to numbers to some level, but as we've seen time and time again, many smaller podcasts are beating the big podcasts, like Rob Sesternino with his show, Rob Has a Podcast, beat Serial. I would imagine that Rob's audience is maybe one-tenth the size of Serial's audience, and Rob's budget is probably even smaller than that. But he won People's Choice Podcast Award in the People's Choice Podcast Awards at New Media Expo. And that's a great testament to how engaged his audience is. And when I won the award from 2012, I was up against some very popular tech podcasts as well. And it was my community, you, who were engaged enough to go and vote more than the larger audiences that were not very engaged. So I think there is a good place for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. And now we have the Academy of Podcasters Awards. This focuses more on curating and awarding unique and high-quality shows, regardless of the size of their audience. Each podcast was rated and reviewed then by this Academy. Many members of the Academy were Hall of Fame inductees or people who had been selected to help review these podcasts. And it put all of these podcasts really on equal standing. They provided a certain excerpt of their podcast, a sample episode, and it was rated and reviewed based on certain criteria by several people, not just a few people, but by a couple or a few dozen people looking at these podcasts. So this was a great opportunity for any show that does something well to receive an award, regardless of the size of the audience. The awards ceremony really was, it was wonderful. It was professional. It was beautiful. It was really smooth. With the podcast awards, the People's Choice Podcast Awards at New Media Expo, I know that many have been critical about not only the process, but also the awards ceremony, especially after this last awards ceremony and certain things that just uh, rubbed a lot of podcasters the wrong way. And I did send a list of about 25 or 30 items to the podcast awards people to suggest here are ways that I think you could make the podcast awards amazing and do really cool stuff. Make it like an Emmy or a Grammy or something like that. Some incredible opportunities and ways to really step up the prestige. And I'm not taking credit for this, but most of the items on that list that I sent to the other podcast awards were in this award ceremony. No, I didn't give them 
any direct feedback or directly influence how the Academy of Podcasters Awards was run. I did contribute to some of the ranking methods. I wasn't on the Academy of Podcasters, although I'd be happy to be part of that. But I just contributed some ideas on here's what you could rank in terms of this particular area. But this ceremony felt like a Hollywood-level production. There weren't those awkward moments of saying, and the winner is such and such podcast. Are you in the room? Anyone here for that podcast? Okay, well, I I guess we'll uh, mail the award to them. And the next winner is, there wasn't anything like that. Here, all of the contestants were required to submit their acceptance speeches or record them or have someone there, if not themselves, to receive the award and give some kind of acceptance speech. And this was a really amazing event. There weren't those awkward moments. There was a lot of enthusiasm. And several veteran podcasters were nicely honored by being inducted into the Podcasting Hall of Fame. People like Todd Cochran, who has had Geek News Central for over 10 years and a thousand episodes. Leo Laporte, This Week in Tech. Uh, Danny Pinier from Gamertag Radio. Or the guy who helped start podcasting, Adam Curry. These guys were very, very well honored. And it was funny to see Todd Cochran finally being able to receive an award because he's been the one traditionally giving out the awards at the podcast awards, People's Choice Podcast Awards, that is. But now he has rightfully received an award being inducted into the Podcasting Hall of Fame. I do still believe there's a good place for both types of awards. There's the People's Choice Awards, which is now owned by Numini Expo, and That's based on audience engagement. Get your audience to nominate you. Get your audience to vote for you day after day during this certain period of time. And that's how a small audience can beat a large audience, a small engaged audience. I think there's a great place for that. Now, the Academy of Podcasters Awards have proved that they are a worthy alternative and an additional model for recognizing great podcasting talent. And I'm really excited to see where the Academy of Podcasters Awards goes from here on out because it is now a great opportunity for your show to be honored and a great opportunity for podcasting to see that there is another award show. And this award show is hosted really well. It might have celebrities who appear and hand out awards or give little speeches or anything like that. And there was still a little aspect of it with a people's choice near the end where we were able to text in a number or visit a link or use a certain app to vote for three different podcasts for the people's choice awards that night. And that was really cool. It reminded me of the old days of America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, that's what it was when I used to watch it as a kid, where they would pull out their little devices and then click on what they wanted to vote for. Now you can just text these numbers. And it was real-time dynamic feedback. And it was exciting when we first saw the screen display and the numbers were bouncing back and forth and the bar charts were showing which one was in the lead and such. The enthusiasm and the engagement there. And for every person in the audience to realize, I can affect the vote that was awesome. And a woman would go around with a microphone asking a couple people, who do you think is going to win? Who did you vote for? And then kind of putting people on the spot saying, did you vote yet? Vote right now. You need to vote right now. Which one you think 
should win the People's Choice Award. And it did go to Roman Mars from 99% Invisible. Congratulations, Roman Mars. And some other great things happened with the Academy of Podcasters Awards. I loved the ceremony. Very well put on, very professional, very passionate. And it was a great time for everyone there. Very entertaining as well. So I want to give huge credit to the great team behind Podcast Movement. The main guys are Dan Franks, Jared Easley, Gary Leland, and Mitch Todd. But they also have a great team of volunteers and staff behind them. And I don't know all the names of the staff and volunteers. Unfortunately, I, I didn't get to meet all of them. I don't have all of their names, but I know it really took a big team to put this thing on. But all of this and these great guys and women behind this too, made podcast movement truly great. The event was well-planned, it was well-marketed, and it was well-executed. From the small details, like receiving a key card to the hotel that was branded podcast movement, and I got to keep that. That was really cool. To some of the bigger details, like snagging big names in podcasting, like Mark Marin or Sarah Koenig and others, I think everywhere in between, they've done an incredible job. And this year, what also really impressed me about these gentlemen is that they never appeared on stage during the conference. They were great servant leaders. And that's a a term that's come about recently in years, but the concept has been around really since uh, Jesus Christ talked about it. But these were men who wanted to serve and they were leading by serving. They didn't seem to care about being recognized by everyone or standing up in front of an audience of a thousand podcasters. This wasn't about them. This was about making podcast movement an incredible time for everyone. And I think that they hugely succeeded. Yeah, sure, there were annoying things here or there. The music, yes. Uh, there were other complications, certain stuff like that. Yes, yes. Every conference will have those. But I think as a whole, podcast movement was amazing. And it was because these guys and a team of people really put in great effort to make this amazing for you, for me, for anyone else who could make it there and people buying the virtual ticket as well. I was truly impressed by it and the detail of things, screens and banners and signs. This was an incredible event. So for the future of podcast movement, remember this was only their second conference and it is already twice the size of the first one. And I can't say that they're going to continue doubling in size because I know there are only so many podcasters in existence, but the next conference will be in 2016, July 6th through the 8th in Chicago. I'm not too excited about the date or the location, and I know some other people are or aren't, and it probably will be a bit more expensive than Fort Worth or Dallas have been in the past, but I do think this is a great conference, and I will be going back, and I will be submitting a session as well, hoping to attend and speak and network with you at Podcast Movement. I really hope you can make it there. I have once before, a few times before, recommended New Media Expo over Podcast Movement. I wrote a blog post saying, basically, if you can only go to one, 
and you're between New Media Expo and Podcast Movement. I previously said New Media Expo. Now, I'm changing that recommendation and saying if you can only make it to one premium conference this year, make it Podcast Movement. And I hope you can make it to Chicago in July 2016 for Podcast Movement 2016. And I will probably have a coupon code at some point, and that code will probably be Noodle, and it will save you a certain amount or percentage. I don't know that yet, but you can try it when you register. Or you could start watching the website now for when you might be able to register. But I will be there. Even if I don't get to speak, I will be there. And I hope you can be there too. And this isn't to say that New Media Expo has gotten horrible or anything like that. New Media Expo is a very different kind of conference. And it's about the broader social media. And with its uh, co-location with NAB show, National Association of Broadcasters show, I think that New Media Expo might be appealing to a little bit of a different audience. So New Media Expo still has great opportunities for podcasters to be socializing with radio people and TV people and learning from these and talking to companies that might not know about podcast movement yet. But if you're a podcaster and you can only make it one event this year or next year or whatever year you're listening to this, try to make it to podcast movement. So here's the big question you might be wondering. Are these conferences worth it? Podcast movement, social media marketing world, new media expo, whatever conference it is, And in this context, I'm talking specifically about podcast movement. Is it worth it? Well, ultimately, the question of your attending, yes, may come down to your own affordability. There are certain things you can do to try to reduce that cost. Like if you get to be a speaker, then you get your admission for free. If you can room with someone, then you can split the hotel costs. Or maybe if you're driving to the event, then you can stay off-site at a different hotel and commute back and forth depending on parking situations in Chicago. Yeah. But whatever the case, there can be ways you can bring the cost down. But I do understand that there is a high cost to a conference like Podcast Movement or any conference out there, and you may simply not be able to afford it. I understand that. It can be frustrating to want to go to something like this and realize you don't have the 500 or the $1,000 or however much it costs to attend something like this. I understand. Please don't go into debt to attend something like this. But is it worth it? Whatever you pay for it, is it worth that cost? Totally. Yes, it is worth it. Just think about this. You could hire me to consult with you and coach you on podcasting, to help you launch or improve your own podcast. And for the amount that you could pay for podcast movement, you could get several hours of training or coaching one-on-one with me, but take that same money and invest it into going to podcast movement and you get days of training from a variety of perspectives covering a variety of topics. You get priceless, 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 priceless networking with other great podcasters, people that can help you, people whom you might be able to help, people whom may just be an inspiration for you or you for them, or just neat to meet these people. I met Laura McClellan, host of The Productive Woman, at Podcast Movement 2014. The Productive Woman is now a member of Noodle Mix Network, and I'm thrilled to have The Productive Woman on the network. And that relationship was started at Podcast Movement 2014. Laura and I just happened to meet 
started talking a little bit. She even told me later on that she thought I might've been too busy, but she still wanted to just meet me. And I was interested in her podcast. I was asking her questions and I just felt like there's something really cool here. I'd love this to be part of my network. And now the productive woman is part of Noodle Mix Network and I'm thrilled to have it. That is a priceless relationship. You could have something else like that form where you join someone else's network or they join yours or you just make great friends in this space. Whatever the case, I do think a conference like Podcast Movement and Podcast Movement especially is totally worth it. Now you just need to figure out how you can make it affordable for you in your particular situation. Maybe it means starting a Kickstarter. Maybe it means getting your podcast on Patreon. By the way, the Patreon people were there at Podcast Movement. That was really cool too. Maybe it means getting donations from your audience to send you to something like this. Maybe it means cutting back your money on some other hobby and setting that money aside for this hobby. Whatever the case, if you can, make it to Podcast Movement. Make it to Podcast Movement 2016, 2017, whatever year it is. I would love to meet you there. Please don't feel like you can't approach me or someone else you want to talk to. Come up and talk to the people. Like I said in episode 229 where I shared conference tips, start networking with people. Try to join these conversations unless it looks like it's a private conversation. Jump in. People will love to meet you and I know you would love to meet people too. And this kind of stuff makes these conferences totally worth it. So check out my thoughts. And if you went to Podcast Movement 2015, I'd love to hear your reviews and reactions as well. Please comment on the show notes for episode 231 at com slash PM15 review. Thank you very much for all the kind iTunes ratings and reviews that I received over the years. I don't have any recently to thank by name or reading them out, but I am grateful for all of those reviews. If you would like to leave a review as well, then please click on the iTunes button at theaudacitypodcast.com and you can get your own ratings and reviews emailed to you automatically on a regular basis. Perfect timing for your show by going to mypodcastreviews.com. I have one slight announcement for you. And that is, I'm closing in on launching this brand new thing that is unique for podcasters, and it is only for existing podcasters. And I teased about this idea with a few people at Podcast Movement, and they thought the idea fills a great need in this podcasting space. And I will be announcing this idea first to my email list when I open it up for registration. This will be a premium thing that will be really exciting, really help you to improve your podcast. I'm thrilled about this. This is unlike anything I've ever done before, but I'm really, really excited about it. It will be coming very, very soon. I thought I'd be able to announce it this week, but not quite yet, maybe later this week. But make sure you're on my email list at theaudacitypodcast.com because that's where I will be announcing it first. I may not even mention it on the podcast for a couple of weeks. I want to give my email list subscribers the first opportunity to get involved. So make sure that you're signed up on the list and opening every email that you receive from me. Maybe you just glance over the email, whatever the case, but read those emails, check them out because I will be announcing this thing very soon. First exclusive to my email list subscribers, and then I'll talk about it on the podcast. So check that out over at theaudacitypodcast.com to sign up for the email list. I would love to help you launch 
or improve your own podcast. And we can do that through one-on-one coaching, consulting. I can set things up for you. I can help you with your equipment, whatever your needs. I'd love to work with you. Please contact me through all the contact information that's on the website at theaudacitypodcast.com. And please remember to share with me your thoughts, reactions, and review of Podcast Movement 2015 by commenting on the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash pm 15 review. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com and The Ramen Noodle on Twitter. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.